I was originally going to be preaching on uh, one of the parables. Uh, you'll know that we were going through a series looking at them. Um, I was supposed to be preaching on uh, the foolish builder. Um, however, Nigel got a bit carried away in his sermon, and he actually preached on, on my passage as well uh, several weeks ago. So um, it led me to have a free topic. Uh, so I'm going to preach about Cardiff's rise to the premiership this morning. Um, it, it won't take long. <laughs> um, no, what, what I'm actually going to be doing is that um, I'd like to build on uh, what Nigel brought last week. Um, for those who, who um, haven't been with us of recent or, or perhaps you're new to us this morning, God has been speaking very clearly to us as a church um, about what he is about to do among us. Um, and last week, Nigel looked at how we can cultivate uh, sort of a culture of expectation. Um, and I, I think it would be worthwhile if you missed that last Sunday. Please go on the website and listen to that sermon. Um, God is speaking clearly to us, and, and we need to respond to this. We need to uh, actually uh, become a people who expect what God's doing. God's spoken to us, but we need to, to go towards what he's saying. Um, when we uh, came back from Boardlands um, a couple of weeks ago, I was just speaking to Fleur that actually... It just seems that there's a number of these words that are coming of recent just seem quite familiar. Um, and I, I thought that some of these had been spoken before in, in our past, in our history. Um, and uh, I said, wouldn't it be great if, we, if we'd have kept those written down? Um, Fleur then went and got a folder and said, what, like this, you mean? <laughs> um, and handed me a folder which just had um, a lot of these old prophecies in. Um, I dusted them off, felt very guilty for not looking at them previously. Um, but there was a sense where actually it was good that they, that they had been hidden away in some sense because it just made, made them stronger as I put them with the prophecies that we've got of recent. Um, and what I want us to do this morning, it's, it was quite a hard task really just to try and put the prophecies that we've got at the moment and the prophecies that we've had of past to put them together and to bring out some of the, the key themes. Um, that's what I've, I've tried to do this morning. Uh, forgive me if, if uh, I lose my point or forgive me if it's not clear. I'll try and clarify it um, as we go along. Um, what I'm going to do to sort of uh, do the, the format of it is just to look at Isaiah 35. Um, you might want to turn there and read through it. I'm not actually going to, to read it out um, because I I think it's a, um, a scripture that we've had a lot of recent. We've, we read it last week, and uh, it's a scripture which was brought to us a number of weeks ago by, uh, by Ginny as she came along and uh, she prophesied to us as a church. Uh, what she prophesied was based on Isaiah 35. Uh, so perhaps acquaint yourself with that as I'm preaching. Um, have a look through it. Uh, these are some of the key themes which, which I sense from, from that uh, passage, which I'm going to be picking up on this morning. So firstly, there's um, a life coming out of the wilderness. There's a gladness, a rejoicing, and a singing coming. Uh, the second theme is that uh, we're going to, to blossom abundantly. The third one is that uh, we'll see the glory of the Lord. We'll see his majesty. Uh, there's a, a sense in which we, we look at the way of holiness, which belongs to those who walk along the way. And then the fourth one is to strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees, and say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. And even in uh, our worship, we've had some of that coming through. Um, I don't think it's a mistake. I think that God continues to speak to us. 
So I'm just going to look at this first one. Um, life coming out of the wilderness. Uh, that's supposed to be a, a picture of a, of a harbour there. So what we've got is that there is this uh, imagery of there being a wilderness, there being this dry land, and life coming out of that dry place. Um, grass turning to reeds and rushes, burning sands becoming a pool of water, thirsty ground becoming springs of water, water breaking forth in the desert, and streams of living water. Um, if you didn't need to go to the loo, you probably need to go to the loo now. Um, what we've got is that as we look around at us as a church, um, if we're honest, we're probably in a, in a place where we've been going through a bit of a wilderness. Uh, we're, we're a bit dry. Um, the students being away, or, or a number of the students being away, probably helps us as we look around to see that, that our numbers aren't what they used to be. Um, and the, the students make us look a lot bigger on a Sunday. Nigel's said that of recent as well. Um, I think what we've got is that um, we've not been seeing salvation regularly. Um, we, we have kind of slowed down and we're staggering. Uh, there's this wilderness period that, that we're in. Um, however, um, God has got purposes and plans for Gateway. Um, back in 2004, before uh, we started as a, as a church, um, about a year before we started as a church, there was a, a North Wales Day which took place in Rugeley, uh, where Nigel and Callie were, were leading that church. Um, on that day, a number of words were brought, and I'm just going to bring a couple of those. Uh, there was a, a picture of um, a tree in the great scale of 1987, um, and this great tree had been blown over. Um, it was an enormous, very old oak tree, and it looked to be completely finished. Uh, the roots were completely standing out of the ground as it lay horizontal. It looked dead. However, the next spring, you could see green pressing through it. Over the years, those green shoots have grown stronger and stronger. And there was a sense that God is going to cause new life to grow from what appears to be dead. Life is going to come again. And that's what we've got is that um, as we look around us, we might think that uh, we're in a period where we're stagnant, where we're dry, but actually God's going to bring new life through us. What appears to be dead, God's going to bring life through. There was also a vision of... Um, a reawakened church. Bear in mind that this is back in 2004. We're talking almost nine years ago. Um, and God was speaking about something that, that we see now. Um, so they saw a vision of a reawakened church. They saw stepping stones and planting being the hardest part of that. Um, a planting that is firm is done well. Do not fear this time. The planting will not be ripped up and destroyed. This church is not going to be ripped up. It's not going to be destroyed. Um, again, there is a sense in which the establishing of a church here in Wrexham is very significant. We're establishing something to which people can and will come. God's heart is to see a church established here in Wrexham. And as I've just put up there, there's something strong and significant for Wrexham. It will be an Antioch-type base. It will be a place where God will gather an anointed people who are gifted. Wrexham will become a launch pad, a springboard, a place where people pass through. People will set their foot on it and be launched out and reach the towns along North Wales. It needs to be strong 
and we're to invest in it with prayer for it to be strongly established. Linking in with that, there is a, um, this phrase, this was a, a year before uh, we actually gathered um, in Wrexham. We were told that we'd be a gateway, an opening to Wales. This was before we had our name. Um, Richard Miller from Rugeley uh, came to us about a year into us being, being here, and he said that we'd be a gateway to North Wales. And this gateway is having its foundations built of strong granite. This is because God has much purpose to lay on the foundations. This church will be the bedrock of sending and carrying God's purpose into North Wales. Bricks would come and go, but they would not be the right type of brick to build with. However, God would bring the right bricks to us in order to help us build. The DNA, the heart of that person, needs to be as one with our vision and purpose. They need to be bricks of granite. God has those granite bricks with the gifting and character that we need, and we're to pray for them and let the Holy Spirit bring them to us in his timing. There's a great sense here where we can kind of be in this period of uh, wilderness, we can kind of look around, and we can be disheartened, but I think we need to look back and see what God has said about us. Um, God has put a significant thing here. We are to be a significant place to plant out into North Wales. So we might look around, we might think that this is a place of insignificance. We might think, what difference can we make? We're shrinking out into nothing, perhaps. We think our numbers are less than they, they were a year ago. But actually, this is a place of significance. God has a plan for us as a church. He is the one who established us. We didn't do it. God established us. He's laying foundations made of granite, strong foundations so that, we, so that he can lay the full weight of his promises on us. He's got a plan. And the people who are added to us must be the right ones to build. They're to be at one with us, sharing our vision and our purpose. We might want to rush this. We might look and think, well, we should be further than we were, um, you know, further than we are now. But actually there's a sense where God is doing this in his timing and we're not to rush it ourselves. There's also significance in our name. We're called Gateway. Our name as a church is not picked out of a hat, but it was something uh, that God spoke to us about. Um, Denzel and Dorothy will remember this young lady. Um, Jenneth Turner, who was a, a young student nurse who was with us in our early days, um, she knew nothing of the words that had been spoken um, a few years back. And she said that we should be called Gateway. Um, it wasn't something that we put together. It was something that God spoke to us. We're to be a place that builds a strong base here as God's plan is not just for here in Wrexham but beyond. We've got to build a strong base here in Wrexham. That's our first focus on our aim is to build this strong church here. There's also a sense in which life is coming. So um, we had Tony Smith probably about a month ago, six weeks ago, something like that. And he said that there's a sense in which Aslan is on the move. There's whispers around the country that God is at work. Um, probably most of you have heard about what's happening down in, in Cumbran, in Victory Church. Um, there, there is regularly people being saved and added there. Uh, they, they meet daily, and God is working powerfully there. But what Tony said is that 
Um, it's not a matter of trying to replicate this, but actually God is on the move. Listen to what God's doing. God is working again. Again, Ginny Burgeon said that the winter is ending. There's a warm summer breeze that can be felt on the cheek. The time of wilderness and being barren is coming to an end. Crocuses will break forth. Out of stone, water will come. Streams of living water will spring out from us. And I think actually this water imagery seems to be something that God has spoken to us about for a number of years. Uh, Again, back in 2004 at that North Wales Day, um, these are just some of the the things that were spoken. The first was... um, Sorry, I've missed one. The first was that we would be a flood of life, that uh, God was going to be sending a wave that would bring a flood of life to us as a church. Someone else saw a great big river that's rushing into Wrexham, very fast and full of the Spirit. People in Wrexham don't know what it is and will be frightened, but others will know what it is and will go and drink and will take back to those who are fearful so that the whole of Wrexham will enjoy and be blessed. There's also a sense of this river flowing powerfully into the town and a need for corporate prayer. Nothing stops the Holy Spirit River. There's an outpouring of the Spirit. It's cool, inviting. It brings life and is full of nourishment. It will not stop flowing. God has already placed some people along the riverbanks. They just don't know that they're on the riverbanks as yet. The river will bring life, and they'll go and they'll take it back to others. And then there was quite a significant thing um, It was interesting, I was chatting to Joe um, earlier this week about what we did at the end of today um, in terms of what do we end with this morning. Um, And I'd kind of skimmed over some of these words and had a a general sense of where we were going. But then I looked again at one of these words from 2007. Um, Again, Richard Miller, he's spoken a number of times into our church. Um, And he saw um, ships in a harbour. Ships are in a harbour for a period of safe haven. They are to be protected, restored, and repaired in that harbour. But they're not um, to settle there. It's not safe to settle in the harbour because they become sluggish in the calm water. The Holy Spirit is calling us to the harbour entrance. Turn your face to the roaring wind and the open waters. Pick up speed. You're made for the oceans. There's an ocean of God's purpose to be explored. Trust God and respond to the calling wind of the Holy Spirit. I just find that very powerful um, when we uh, look at the song that, that Joe was looking at for this morning. Joe had a sense of that song before I shared that with her. Um, and I think it's pretty clear what we're going to be singing at the end of this sermon. So, how do we piece this bit together then? Well, life is going to come, God is going to pour out His Spirit in a powerful and refreshing way. It's going to bring life to us, which will also affect the people of Wrexham. We're to drink from him. We're to be responsive to the Spirit. He is going to be abundant. Don't be be scared to come to him. Receive and drink deep. Be refreshed and equipped by him. There's also a call for us to pick up our speed, to raise our expectation. This is what Nigel preached on last week. Pick up your speed Raise your expectation. We're built for the open waters. We're not built for stagnant water. We gather algae if we stay in, um, in those waters. 
A harbour can feel safe, but it's not where you were built to be. Do you hear those whispers of what God's doing? Do you feel that summer breeze that's just coming? Do you see that wave coming in? Nothing stops the Spirit, but we need to be an expectant people. The next one is for, um, for this abundant blossom. So Ian, um, he's not with us, he, he's one of our students, he's gone back to uh, sunny Scotland for the holidays. Um, he sent Nigel a text message uh, which just said that he felt that something big was going to happen. Um, it was much like the church with all of its members were standing at a cliff edge ready to jump. And then I was really struck as I looked back to 2004 to the North Wales Day again. Um, Listen to, to this in comparison to, to what Ian has just said. Uh, they saw a picture of Indiana Jones um, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, you're fighting your way through situations, but then you succeed. You get to a place where you have to step off into nothing. Actually, there's a firm bridge there. You just don't see it. You get to where you need to go. With all the struggles that you see, Remember that when you step out in faith and there doesn't seem to be anything there for you, you are on solid ground. Take the step of faith. There is a strong bridge underneath you. I think it's remarkable. Ian knew nothing of that one. I didn't know anything of it. It was just tucked away in a folder. Um, And then again, we've got Tony Smith. Um, A few weeks ago, he said that we are to break through our glass ceilings, our limitations, that God wanted to increase our expectation. He wanted us to dream some big dreams. And again, there was a similar one again brought in 2004, which said that uh, we will begin to see a new light dawn. We will see men rejoice and a people beginning to come together, that we're on the brink of something great, which hear the sound of praise and salvation among us. And I just think it's remarkable how... Um, how God spoke so clearly back then into a situation which we face right now. Um, So how do we put this one together then? God's going to do something significant among us as a church. I sense that there's a, a tangible sense of excitement and expectation that's just starting to come among us. There's a whispering going on of what do you think God is about to do? I've heard a couple of us that have been mentioning that to each other, wondering as we come on a Sunday, as we gather together midweek, um, as we just meet together, there's that, those whispers going on. What do you think God will do? God wants to increase our expectation and for us to dream some big dreams. If we're honest, we may look at our current situation and be disappointed. We may look at those previous setbacks and our head may fall. But God is saying for us to step out. We will rejoice together as he brings salvation among us. He wants us to take the step of faith. It's scary stepping out to somewhere where you can't see what's beneath you. But there's a bridge there. There's solid ground ready for us to step onto. So what's this harvest that's going to be coming in? We've heard some of it already. Uh, God said that he's bringing a wave that will bring a flood of life to us. 
It's going to be something that the whole of Wrexham will enjoy and be blessed by. It's not just something for us, church. It's not just something for us to, to sit here and enjoy. But this is something that goes on to affect others. God's already put some people along the riverbanks. Um, but as the river comes, they'll be affected by it. They'll be brought to life. This is something that's going to reach the lost. They're the harvest. This church will be a place where homes are recognized as places where people meet with God. Be a home for your people. A place where people find God. Many will come to us and be drawn to God. They will gossip about who God is. And there will be a new sense of finding home among us. God will draw people to us. God has them in his hands. He will draw people from the fields to be warriors. God is the one who will draw people in. The Lord is going to do something that is sudden and instant. And again, at Borderlands, we were told that there would be a time of abundance of fruitfulness. This is something that wasn't just for us, but something that was for, for us as a region as well. There's going to be abundance of fruitfulness. So not just talking about ones and twos, we're talking about more than you can imagine. So how do we piece this one together then? Well, as you came in, um, or even as you look at your notice sheet, or you look at our Facebook page, whatever you look at, and you look at our banner, you'll see that it says, Gateway Church Wrexham. Come in, find Jesus, go out, tell others. So was this something that a design company just kind of put together for us? They thought, this sounds like something that would be good for us. No, this is something that was a prophetic statement to us as a church. Over the years, God has been speaking clearly to us on this theme. God has called us to be a gateway, a place where people will come in, find Jesus, go out and tell others. The words that we've just looked at, there's that common theme through them. Although we may not have seen salvation regularly, and we may not have seen it for a while, we believe what God has said. We're a place where people will come in and find Jesus and will go out and tell others. As the Spirit comes, we need to drink and we need to go and tell others. There's some people who are already on the riverbanks and as the water comes, it's going to bring life to them and they'll go back and they'll tell others. But are we telling others as well? There's this sense where people will be drawn to us and go out and gossip about who God is. We need to go and tell people. People won't just walk in off the streets. I mean, it will happen occasionally, but actually, a big sense of this is for us to come, meet Jesus, go out and tell others. And this becomes a perpetual thing, where they then come in and they find Jesus, and they go out and they tell others. There's a people out there to come in. We need to tell them. When we get to a point where we're uh, seeing salvation um, really, our expectation can be low and we can live with a sense of disappointment. Um, I remember in our early days, uh, Nigel said to me that we're not to be um, a church relocation movement, that we're not to be this place where um, we grow primarily through Christians being gathered to us. Actually, what we're called to be is to grow primarily through salvation. And it was sort of a, a phrase which um, I just nodded at when he said it to me. I thought, yes, that sounds good. 
Um, but actually, since then, it's something that I just can't move away from. It's something which is, has got me. Um, although I've never been in a church where I've seen us growing primarily through salvation, actually, this is something which I, I want to believe for here. This is something that, that we're called to do. It's not that we should be growing primarily through other Christians being added to us. Although it is wonderful, and all of you have been added to us through that, um, we're called to grow primarily through salvation. We're here not just for us, we're here for Wrexham. We're here for the people of Wrexham, for the unsaved. As Nigel spoke about last week, uh, we need to dream some big dreams. We need to raise our expectation. Just because we've never seen something happen before doesn't mean that it's not what God's going to do. We need to smash our glass ceilings and we need to raise our expectation. There is an abundant harvest to come. Are we telling people about Jesus? There's a harvest ready to come in, but are we inviting them in? Are we spending time with non-Christians? Are we telling them about Jesus? Are we inviting them to come in and to find him? God has told us that there's an abundant harvest to come. So the third area is, um, is one that's perhaps not so easy to, to preach on. It's one that, that isn't perhaps so popular. The glory of Lord, majesty, the way of holiness. I've been really struck with this of recent. Um, I just want to share with you some of the, the words that I saw back from the North Wales Day and then what God did at Borslands as well. And what we've got in Isaiah 35. At the North Wales Day, we were told that there'd be this river, which we've already talked about, and that it would wash away the grot, that it would cleanse and heal, and that it would reveal the gems. It would be, um, there was a sense as well where they saw a little stream which has been flowing quite, um, quite slowly because it has been full of weeds. And then they looked at it again, and it had become totally and utterly clear and was free to run. There was a rush of water coming through it. There's also a sense where we were called to be a consecrated people, a people set apart for the Lord. The next thing is that at Borderlands, uh, there was this picture about a deep cleansing that would take place in preparation for God to break through. He will bring about holiness among us. And there'll be clean water running through. And then as I was looking at this, I I was just struck by, as we look back at every significant move of God, we always find that God deals with his people first. And as I was looking at it, I found this quote. A movement of God among his people is characterized by a profound awareness of sin. And this is the bit that probably isn't too easy for me to speak on. If I'm honest, I kind of toyed with it and thought, can I just get rid of this bit but I don't think I should Um, I just couldn't get away from this since the onset of the recent prophecies that we've heard um, I've had several people have been approaching me and talking to me about their own increased awareness of their sin about a need for them to deal with their sin and to repent and turn away from it even this week as I've been preparing to preach um, I've been bombarded with temptation Um, I've become so aware of my own sin 
and the need for me to deal with me and the need for me to turn away from, from those ways if I'm to be serious with God. As we look through history at every move of God, we see that there's, there's always a revival that takes place in the church first. The church becomes aware of their own sin, the need to repent and to live a holy life. We're called to be a people who are set apart for God. That's essentially what holiness is about. It's about us being set apart. Of course we know that Jesus dealt with all of our sin on the cross and that we're made right through the cross. However, as we live our lives, we give in to temptation and sin and it's as if we become like that stream that has become clogged up with the weeds. There's still water running through it, but it's just running a little bit slower because of all of the the mess that we've put into ourselves. God wants to to come and to cleanse um, our lives. He wants to come and deal with us so that instead of trickling like a stream, we would be able to rush like a, a river instead. We need to deal with our sin and clear out the stream in order to prepare ourselves for the Spirit to work powerfully in us and through us. There's also a sense in which uh, we join with Isaiah in Isaiah 6, where he gets this wonderful vision of God and his holiness. And what it does is it causes him to go, Woe to me, for I am a man of unclean lips. There's something about looking at God and seeing him that we want to change. We're aware of our own sin. And I think that we're going to be approaching a time where we're going to see God in a more tangible way than we've ever known him. We're going to see his glory more clearly. And as we do that, we're going to be aware so much more of our own sin and the need to deal with that. Likewise, we'll have non-Christians coming in and meeting with Jesus. They too will be affected and become aware of their sin. God always deals with his people first, though. He wants us to be a people who are consecrated for him. He wants us to be set apart for him. That has been always his plan. He called Israel to be a people who were set apart for him. However, they frequently sinned, and they made themselves idols, and they missed out so many times on what God was doing, and they made life so much harder for themselves. Let's be a people who set ourselves apart. Let's be a people who are serious about dealing with our sin and repenting from our sins. Let's confess our sin to each other and let's deal with it. That wasn't the easiest one to share. Um, It's not one that puts a smile on people's faces, but it's something that I can't get away from. And it's not that I stand here as someone perfect and say, deal with your sin, I'm all wonderful. Actually, no, I'm not wonderful. I need to deal with my sin. And we need to deal with our sin. The fourth one is about strengthening the weak hands, about making firm the feeble knees, and saying to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. I believe that this is a reference to us readying ourselves for what God is about to do. We need to get ready. The first aspect of this is about preparing ourselves for action, about dusting ourselves off and strengthening ourselves. Um, again, that North Wales day, as I look back, I, I just, it was a bit of a blur. 
It was nine years ago before we, uh, before we came up here. Um, and actually, I was in my early 20s back then. Um, I, I didn't have a full beard back then. I had something else. Um, I looked a bit younger. Um, I probably could have related to the students a bit better, whereas they call me old now. But actually, God was, was speaking very clearly to us as a church before we were even a church. Before we were even a people gathered together, God was speaking. One of the things that was said was that uh, there was that picture about um, Joshua and Caleb and the, the other spies going in and scouting out the land. And as we know, Joshua and Caleb came back and they told the people that the land flowed of milk and honey. However, most people only saw the giants in the land. And there's a sense in which one group of people will say that the task ahead of us is impossible and it can't be done. However, God is telling us to have eyes of faith, to be like Joshua and Caleb. We're to see beyond the natural to what God has called us to. God will raise up people who are willing to step into perceived wilderness and serve. As they do, they will break the thin crust and water will rise up and become a mighty flood. There was another picture about David with his sling, with Goliath. Um, He had been in the field and he knew how to throw stones at the enemy. But then David was called to now throw higher, to use the gifts and the understanding. We're now being taken to a higher plane. We're to make God known. He will lift the faith of his people. He'll renew their faith and cause them to reach out to those who don't know him. Will this be tough? Yes, it will be warfare. But we're to raise our faith. Quite a while ago as well, um, I don't know, probably Denzel and Dorothy you might remember this, we gathered at one point to pray for our base to be strengthened in Wrexham. We prayed um, as a church in a prayer meeting that we would uh, grow to being a church where we had 70 members in, in Wrexham, that we wanted to be a strong base here. On that evening, um, some words came through. One of those was to take confidence in the Lord, increase our confidence in him and his ability. Another one was to be like Gideon. In Judges 6 verse 12, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. At Borderlands, Jeremy Simpkins brought a similar word to us as a church. Uh, Nigel will be unpacking that word more to us um, soon. Um, But there's a sense in which we were to take confidence as we see the commander of the army of the Lord. Again, in another prayer meeting, we had, um, you shared this, Steve. You said that um, we needed to look at Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Steve reminded us of some of the names of the Lord. Jehovah Jireh, he sees, he provides. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord who heals. Forgive my pronunciation. Jehovah Makedesh, the Lord who sanctifies, makes whole, sets apart for holiness. And Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our shepherd. Isn't it amazing that these are the very things that we're looking at now? And yet, just in a prayer meeting, this is brought out. Along with these words, there's been frequent reminders over our history about the importance of prayer. 
particularly to pray against the sorry particularly to pray against fear and the threat of failure and again that came through this morning it's been coming through so clearly so again how do we piece this together we've had a time where we've slowed down and we've become weary as a church the path ahead looks scary and it looks tough but God is telling us to have eyes of faith and to take our confidence in him As Nigel said last week, we need to raise our level of expectation. We need to pray against the fear of failure. Do not be anxious about whether we will fail. Our confidence comes in the Lord. We're not talking about our our own ability here. We're talking about going with the Lord. Rise up. Do not shrink back. We're being called to advance, to step out. The path ahead will take commitment. This will be hard work. But we're pressing on to a land that is full of milk and honey. Don't stop here. Don't be discouraged and give up. But take confidence in the Lord instead. The second part of this section is about togetherness. God keeps on bringing a scripture to us over the years. Um, it was first brought in the North Wales Day. Um, Joanna Kinch has brought it recently. And again, it came across at Borderlands. It's Isaiah 54, verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. It's a sense in which we do something before it's filled. Again, Joe Smith shared this. At my parents' house, they had these fruit trees where the harvest of fruit from them was quite crazy. In order to protect and harvest the fruit, we would install nets as we didn't want to lose any. These nets were loads of misshaped pieces, almost no straight edges among them. But we'd tie them all together anyway and produce a sheet that we'd tied up beneath the trees. We would pull it tight. When the fruit fell, it was a soft fall and the fruit didn't bruise or land on the floor and go off. We also managed somehow, despite all the peculiar shapes, to not have any holes or gaps where the fruit would fall through and get damaged. We did it before the harvest was ready. I just got the sense of getting our nets ready for the abundant harvest, to be achieved not by one net, but the cohesive joining together of many, to prepare well and protect the harvest corporately. Again, in 2004, God's said some of these things to us. He told us to open our lives to each other. He told us to open our homes and people will find God in our homes. Relationships are to be healed, strengthened and built in this church. We're to be a place that is consecrated, built on the foundations of the prophets with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together You are being built together to be a dwelling in which God lives by his experience. Again, think back to what Richard Miller said about the bricks. He's bringing together a people who have the same DNA, shared vision and purpose. And then Ginny also said that it's not a time for shrinking back. There's a need for us to have togetherness among us. There's a need for us to prepare for what is about to happen and for us to do that together. God's going to do something among us corporately. It's not about one man's mission or one man's call. 
This is about the whole church working together and getting herself ready. We need to prepare those nets before the harvest comes in. If the harvest comes and the nets aren't ready to catch the fruit, the fruit will fall to the floor, be damaged and will not be gathered in. Friends, we need to prepare well. There's a place and a role in Gateway for everyone. Just wonder if if you're part of a connect group. Our connect groups are again something that was birthed out of God speaking to us. God told us there'd be a place where people would connect with God, with each other, our gifting, and non-Christians. That's why they're called connect groups. That's why they're not called anything else. God spoke, and that's what we called them. I believe that actually they'll be an important part um, in actually us building these nets together that are ready to bring people in. Can I encourage you, get built in. Become part of one of our groups. I've got to say that I I love the group that I'm part of. Um, It's made up of people who are actually relatively new to the church as I look around at them. Um, And what God's done is that he's built those people into Gateway through that group. There's a sense in which we got to know each other. We have a lot of fun together. Uh, There seems to be a lot of food, which is good. Um, There's a a lot of ridiculing and and banter that goes on. There's also a sense where we meet God together. Um, I also find it interesting that following Borderlands, um, in, in one day, I had three people contacted me independently of each other to ask about the connect groups and could they be built more into the church. I think God's doing something among us. There's a sense that we need to be built in, friends. When we were at Borderlands, Guy Miller preached on the church being a body. He said that if you had a body that was just an eye, it would be a monstrosity. I think it probably would be, actually. And he encouraged us not to build a a monstrosity. We don't want to build a church where only certain members are functioning. We need every member to function effectively for the whole body to be healthy. Surely the mouth has an important role to play because it can be easily seen. It feeds the body and it communicates with others. But it's the mouth more important than the heart. The heart's hidden. You don't see your heart working. But without the heart doing its job effectively, the mouth won't be able to work effectively either. Each member of the body is as valuable as each other and needed as much as each other. Don't discount yourself. Don't tell yourself that you are insignificant because all that you do is hidden. This church cannot function without you. We will not gather this harvest without each of us playing our part. None of us are more important than each other. We need everyone. It's important that as we build and as we gather a people, that we share one single DNA. A body uh, that is made up of different DNA, that's not a a well-functioning body, I would assume. (laughs) I don't think it would happen. It's not possible to merge them. I want to ask you, what are you here for? Have you got the same vision as us? Are you here to build a strong church? Or have you come here to be a spectator? I want to encourage you, catch this vision. Get it into you. Gateway's a place where people are to come in, 
Find Jesus. Go out and tell others. God's called us to build a strong base here that goes on to plant churches throughout mid and north Wales. Is that a vision which excites you? Is that a vision which makes you want to rise and do something about it? Do you want to be part of building this church? Do you want to build for the future? When Flew and I first moved here, um, would have been back in 2005, um, Jubilee Church had been my, been my home during my university years. Um, it was a place where I had friends. Um, the church there was about 200 people. It was mainly people my sort of age. Uh, it was mainly made up of people who were uh, university students or people who were young graduates. When we moved here, we were the youngest by 25 years. I won't tell you who's 25 years older than me, but they're not here this, uh, this morning, celebrating their 30th wedding anniversary. Um, but also, in terms of size, there were just about 20 of us at that time. I missed Jubilee Church. I'd often talk to Nigel about how homesick I was. Um, but actually, Nigel challenged me. And he reminded me of the beginnings of Jubilee Church. Jubilee Church started with just two couples meeting together in a front room, fervently praying for a church to be built. They were in the same situation that I was then in 2005. They decided to build something. They didn't look to what they could see in the natural Instead, they fought some battles and they built a church for the future that I had the privilege of walking into. Nigel challenged me to win some battles myself and to play my part in building a church for others to enjoy the benefit of in the future. What about you? This, as we look around, what do you think? Do you look at it and think, oh, I miss my old church, I... I I want to be a part of a church which is bigger. I want to be a part of a church which has got a thriving children's work, which has got a thriving youth work. I want to be a church with this and that. Will you build that church? Will you play your part in building this church for the future? We've got a choice, and I can't tell you what to do. We've got a choice of looking in the natural and going, no, it's too hard, I'll walk away. Or we make a decision to build something. So how are we going to close this meeting? Good question. Um, when I handed my notes to Dorothy, she said, is this the first chapter? Um, what I want us to do is I want to make sure that we've heard what God has been saying to us of recent. I want to just say you know, just one sentence about what God has been saying and then there's a response to that. Um, perhaps if the bands can come up just to prepare a moment. So God is going to bring life out of the wilderness. A time of gladness and singing is coming. There'll be an abundant harvest. People will be saved and added to the church regularly. We'll know an increase in the tangible presence of the Lord, and we'll be filled with the Spirit. There's a need for us to repent from our sin. We're to go and tell others about Jesus. We're to pray against the fear of failure and we're to take our confidence in the Lord. And we're to work together to build this church, every member playing their part. 
I could just leave it there, but actually what I want us to do is I want us to make a commitment this morning. Um, we're going to sing um, a song together now. I think I know which one it is, unless it, it was the other one that we joked about. Um, what I'd like us to do is there's just four key themes here. I'm going to ask people to come forward, and don't worry, you won't be exposed because there's a few areas to come forward for. What I'd like us to do, I'm not going to pray for people, I just want you to come forward if you are making a decision about this this morning. I'd like you to come forward if you want to repent of sin and want to make a decision to turn away from it. If you've made a decision this morning to strengthen your weak hands, your feeble knees and your anxious heart, you want to increase your expectation and break through your glass ceiling. If you made a decision this morning to not shrink back any longer, but you want to become more connected to the church. And finally, if you've made a decision to commit yourself to this vision of the church and to play your part in building the church for the future. So we're just going to sing this song. As we do that, I want us to come forward and just stand here as a people together saying, yes, this is what I commit to. Um, I'm not going to ask you which one of those categories you come into, but I do believe that God will have spoken to you and there'll be something that you are responding to this morning. So I'd like you to come forward corporately and stand at the front if you want to make that decision this morning.